Hi and welcome to Life with Catherine, episode 25. It's November 25th, I think, something like that, 26th. It's a Sunday night and I really wanted to talk about the topic, how I learned to interact with people. I'm going to start off negative a little bit and move into positivity, so be forewarned. Recently, I was with people that I know, not in my family, um, so I was out in the world and they said words that were very painful to hear, just ugly words that went right into my heart, not said at me or to me, or but said and certainly was not quiet at the time I just walked away offended but after a week it was still in my mind I gathered my courage and I approached the person and brought it up with them it was not easy. I discovered that I had only heard part two of their earlier conversation. They had earlier been discussing a soap opera and refer to the cast and storyline as their life and oh guess what my friend did so to a, an outsider of their two people's world it was something real to me was something that their friend had been doing and talking about and it was incredibly painful out of context it was awful even in context, it was inexcusable to me as a human being. He apologized profusely. And I'm moving on. I'm moving on now. I, I really can't stay in that headspace. But I'm really glad I talked about it with them. It was not easy. And no, I'm sorry, I just can't repeat what they said. It was not anything I want to be out in the world. There were tears, let's just say. It was very difficult for me. I've had another experience very recently, too, out in the world. Not, not in my family, but I call it out in the world. I have a situation and it seems to be throwing off the balance of a very positive and inspirational give-and-take relationship. I've built my life around helping people and being kind and that is the root of my intentions in how I live my life. Now I'm faced with having to decide if the balance is too far off to keep the relationship or if I really should just give more 
than I feel like I should. I have to decide where that line is and I'm working on it. It hasn't been easy. There's been a lot of bad news in the world, but um, I won't say the one who shall not be named in the U.S. right now. If you're listening to this in the future, just Google events in 2016 and I'm sure it'll be the first thing that comes up. Yeah, I know I'm sniffling. My allergies are still bad, but uh, I'm working on that. I also, I have a great support system and I will figure all that out. I just wanted to be honest about some negative experience I was having. It still doesn't change who I am, but I really need to to thoughtfully decide who I am in these circumstances. And you can't always do that in the moment. Sometimes you make mistakes and things. But I really have to decide who I am and I know that. I know who I am. This... These things got me thinking about the topic for this episode. How I learned to interact with people. When I was a little girl, I was convinced I would play Barbies with my sisters my whole life. We would have get-togethers as adults and we would play Barbies. I was sure of that when I was a little kid. Sure, I see them, but we sure don't play Barbies. <laughs> so you see, as you grow up, some things stay, some things leave, and other things evolve into something new. What I'm saying is I've held on to some dreams and let go of others, and it's okay. So let's go back to my childhood. I grew up in a small town on Vancouver Island. That's in Canada. My dad was a self-employed plumber and city councillor. He's retired now. And my mom was a kindergarten teacher. And we were also part of our, our uh, church community. So I regularly watched excellent time management and interactions with large volumes of people while they still connected on a personal level. My dad approached things, <coughs> excuse me, my dad approached things by doing the thing he did best. His skill was plumbing and heating. And he did that with skill, heart, and kindness. He would tell me stories of his workday as a plumber. And yes, I even tagged along a few times. When he would visit little old ladies to fix their plumbing. After the task was finished, there was always time for tea and cookies and a light chat. In a small town, most people knew each other from the community, or at least you knew someone from their family. So even though it was small, uh, small talk, you could say, there was already still a base of uh, communication that had already started. You already knew a little piece of them, and 
It was quite quite extraordinary. On school days, from being a little kid all the way up to graduating, in our kitchen, on school days, we had an oversized coffee pot percolating. I didn't really know anyone else who percolated their coffee, but for some reason that's what we did. And my dad would chat with us for a few minutes while we ate our morning oatmeal. When I wasn't pouting that mom put raisins in mine. <laughs> As we were fin finishing up eating and grabbing our lunches, my dad would pour coffee for his staff, his, the other plumbers that worked for him, while they came in the door to discuss their morning schedules. There was always time for a quick hello and wave us off to school. From childhood right through my teenage years, In fact, when I was graduating, I didn't have anyone to go to grad with. And uh, I called up one of the sons that was my age that went to school in Shimanis and was the son of one of my dad's employees. And he was like, sure, we're friends. Why don't I come and I'll go to grad with you in your school? And it was really cool. He was a bit out there and it was just amazing because I'm out there too. So it was nice to have someone be your friend and, and come out with you and yeah, it was cool. Just friends. Back to the morning routine. So my dad has met with his staff at our house in the morning. Not staff, that sounds so formal. Met with his team in the morning. Then they've gone off to do their schedules. Mid-morning, they would meet up with each other again for a quick coffee in town to share a few stories. You see, this is also a way of engaging with the community, supporting local business as part of everyday life, even if it's just a cup of coffee and a hello. Naturally, the person owning the shop would be so-and-so from the community. And the waiter or waitress was so-and-so's niece. And my mom would have taught one of the, the other staff there at some point. As alderman, my dad would be planning or be part of events in the community. Also, like summer festival or like a fundraising dinner at the local fire hall. I remember seeing a picture from when he was a McDonald's server for a few hours as an initiative to interact with the community. He also would tell me about when my high school council would come to city hall meetings to have interactive experiences. He'd let me know about the topics discussed and what initiatives they were involved in. Sure, I could have gone to the city council, or to the uh, high school council, but I just went to my dad and heard all the stories that way. One year, my dad made a float for the local parade for his plumbing and heating business. The next year, he challenged us as teenagers with our friends 
to come up with our own float for his company. I can't say it was glamorous, but we did it. See, he never looked at it as us passing or failing. He was engaging us to open our minds, be resourceful, and work together. So you see, these people in my life, they were more than people who worked for my dad or people who were on city council with him. They were part of our everyday lives and watched us grow up. So I never saw businesses as separate, like your, your parents go to work and that's separate from your life. It was all interwoven. My mom. Sorry, she's been gone so long. Sometimes I just get a little when I think about it. She was a kindergarten teacher and was also involved in church events, as I said earlier. She always took the time at school, at church, wherever she was, to explain, explain to kids why things were relevant. What's so important about tucking in your shirt? What's so, so important about greeting someone who has come to say hello, even if they weren't there to see you? What's so important? She would talk to me about how not everyone is raised in the same way. All these kids were arriving at her classroom with different experiences, some from very poor families and others not, and some from working class. She also was opening up my mind to maybe some nobody has ever told these kids, this student, let's say this student, to be on time for school. It's so easy to think if you were raised a certain way, it's so easy to forget that not everyone is raised that way. And she always took the time to try to explain these things. It was never from a harsh perspective. It was from kindness and education. Even the kid who burned down her classroom because he was mad at her. She helped him grow and learn and get on a better path. She knew at that young age he had never been taught the skills of how to deal with frustration and anger. He was young. I grew up with teachers being part of both my school life and my home life. Picture this. For my 16th birthday, I came home to find 50 people there, possibly more. Our driveways and lawns were covered in cars, no exaggeration. On my actual birthday, and it never occurred to me that they were there to have a birthday party for me. My friends were there, my cousins, aunts, uncles, and some of my teachers who genuinely loved me and were part of my life. Some of the people there were neighbors, and yes, even some of my friends' parents. 
don't get me wrong, it's not like we hung out with all the parents. After some polite socializing, the kids always went downstairs and wreaked havoc. See, we would meet after church sometimes, and the whole family would come over for a couple hours of coffee and just kind of talking. So, and the neighbors would come by, so it was not really that different. It was just a lot more people, but it certainly wasn't out of the ordinary. My 16th birthday party. I know for sure Miss Hannon was there, and I still have the card she gave me. Mrs. Baker was there, my grade one teacher that I just had coffee with, like this month. Probably Mrs. Corman, my grade seven teacher, and our gym teacher, uh, Mrs. McLean. I had to think about her name, but for sure, all these people were my mom's and my, well, my parents' friends as well. So you can see how I'm weaving the story all about these people were weaved directly into all parts of our lives. It was never separate. At that party, it was just like there were a few more of my friends there than usual. It still makes me laugh that my sister had to say, No, silly, it's your birthday party. Once I saw the cake, I knew it was for me. <laughs> For some reason, I have a memory of my cousin Ken and I standing in the kitchen talking on that day. Or maybe it was graduation, but I'm pretty sure it was probably both. <laughs> Shout out to you, Ken. Hi. My mom had a real skill for bringing people out of their shell. And I think I got that from her. She looked at problems and tackled them with laser sharpness and tons of humor. She had a hilarious sense of humor. I definitely miss that about her. Like, I cannot express how ridiculously funny she was. Very serious some of the times, but when she was funny, she was funny. Here's an example for you. In elementary school, one year the staff was brainstorming ideas for events for the grade sevens who were in their graduation year from the school. She was a big part of coming up with the absolutely ridiculous grade sevens versus staff annual Halloween basketball game. Picture the grade sevens basketball team in their regular uniforms, playing against the teachers acting as the Harlem Globetrotters. Okay? They would be playing normally and the teachers would be silly, stealing the ball, clearly breaking all the rules, traveling, and having an all-around great time. The, the grade sevens would be in their uniforms and the staff and teachers, and even some of their spouses. My dad joined in lots of years. They would be dressed in homemade, silly Halloween costumes. I remember... I remember my dad being a mad scientist carrying around a clipboard and 
I even think some beakers trying to dribble the basketball carrying all these things. It was supposed to be funny while they're trying to play the game. Now remember, this was a small town, so these teachers had known most of these students in kindergarten as well. The teachers had felt like these kids needed a rite of passage event that the rest of the school was still engaged with and watched and cheered for their side. They especially liked when their own teacher did something. They couldn't wait for their year and their turn. I'm naturally a daydreaming, imaginative kid. So having these two as my parents just flourished these parts of my personality with a bonus of all those interwoven relationships with family and the community. Thanks, Dad. And yes, I did get to thank my mom for everything. Her last advice to me was to live my own life, make conscious decisions about the path I want to be on as I grow and evolve. This should give you a taste of how I became who I am. Thank you for listening to this. Our next episode will be my bestie Jamie. She's going to come on the show and talk about her trip to Ecuador this year during the major earthquake there. I want to ask her about some of the customs and how she planned it and and what the experience was like being an, an outsider, a foreigner in their country during the earthquake and what she observed and saw them experience for themselves. Also, um, bungee jumping and zip lining and all those things, I would like to hear about that. So she's going to come on the show and talk about that. Hopefully we record that this week. Thanks for listening. I'm doing okay. We all have ups and downs that happen. And I'm surrounded by an incredibly strong family who is very supportive. So I can't always be super duper positive. But I'm positive and I know myself through these things. So. I wish you a wonderful week and a wonderful life. Bye.